was the opening music to Nosferatu, released in 1922, uh, directed by Werner Herzog. Oh, wait, that's the other Nosferatu. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, okay. And it's uh, directed by F.W. Murnau and stars Max Schreck, Greta Schroeder, Ruth Lanstoff, and others. And you're listening to Classic Movie Reviews. You can find us on the internet at www.classicmoviereviews.net. And on Facebook, just search for Classic Movie Reviews. Or in iTunes, you can find us by searching for Classic Movie Reviews. And I'm Matt Johnson, and I'm recording in the Seattle area where we've got lots and lots of rain today. And I'm Bob Johnson here in Los Angeles. Wishing you uh, a welcome back to uh, our classic movie reviews. Uh, this movie, Nosferatu, uh, I was reading where it was an unauthorized adaptation of the original Dracula. Uh, I had not realized that when I when I uh, first started looking at this. It has. I have no figures on how it did in the box office. I imagine it did really well. Coming out in 1922, they may not have recorded or kept records of all that over the years. I certainly enjoyed the movie. Wow. Max Schreck. Maybe we should start with Max Schreck. Yeah, let's talk about him. What, a, what, a, uh, what, a, what an interesting uh, actor. And uh, we were talking on our last podcast that uh, Shadow of the Vampire was made in 2000 with Willem Dafoe and uh, others. And it was kind of a takeoff of this movie did you notice how many times they reference the shadow of the vampire in this movie how how you don't want to fall under the shadow of the vampire yes yeah and then when he's going up the stairs the vampire is going up the stairs near the uh, third in the third act of the movie yeah the shadow on the wall is is fantastic or, or when uh hutter is like trapped in the castle and it's he's scared for his life and and he, the shadow of the hands comes up, and you can see that it's like it's like it's pulling him in to the vampire. I thought the use of the shadow was awesome in this movie. This is this is an excellent film, and again, I didn't find that it needed uh, really any sound to to work for it. Now, but back to Max Schreck for a second. He was a famous actor in Germany, right before this movie, and he was he was kind of well known for really getting into his characters. Yes, he was. And boy, did he get into this one. From what that movie Shadow of the Vampire makes it seem like, it, it was like <laughs> people were wondering if he, if he wasn't a vampire by the end of the filming of the, of the movie. There's a picture of him on, uh, on the internet, and he looks so... It's, it's a regular photograph taken in 1916, and he, he just looks so unhappy in, the, in this photo. It's like, whoa. Uh, I don't know what his life was like, but uh, I think the high point was this movie. He did about, uh, I would guess, 15 or 20 films from 1920 up through 1936. And I'm not familiar with any of them. I think they must have all been uh, European films. Well, in the film Batman Returns in 1992, Christopher Walken plays a villain named Max Schreck. (laughs) Oh, is that right? And Schreck (laughs) Schreck is German for terror. So I don't know. <laughs> he le- well, this fil- this uh, photo of him in 1916 uh, that he would qualify. Well, I, I was I was uh, surprised by how closely this film 
follows the original novel. I think it follows the novel more closely than the uh, 1932, was it, version of Dracula? 32 or 33, yes. And yet it was unauthorized. Yeah, yeah, they, they, uh. they couldn't use the name Dracula, and, and in, instead of Harker, it's Hutter. And so some of the names are sort of uh, changed, but kind of close at the same time, because I could tell... You know, they didn't have a Van Helsing in this movie, which I was kind of disappointed in, because he plays a big part in the book and uh, the later version of this movie. In those later versions from the 1950s and early 1960s that Hammer Films did, uh, he was a huge part of those. And I think it was played by... Uh, Peter Cushing was Van Helsing. I have a funny sentence from the biography of Matt Schreck. One of Schreck's contemporaries recalled that he was a loner, that Schreck was a loner, with an unusual sense of humor, and this is the part I like, and quote, a skill in playing grotesque characters, <laughs> unquote. And that would qualify. Yeah, he was he was so freaky in this movie. Like when you first meet him, when he's on the the uh, horse and carriage, you know the the wagon. Yeah, and he's bringing him back to the castle, and then it it follows the book in that sense where Hutter gets picked up by this strange horseman uh, who turns out to be Orlock in this movie, and then gets to the castle and then this strange character comes out of the castle and it's the same person and it's it's it always makes me laugh because they uh dracula or orlock or whatever nosferatu fixes uh him a meal but there are no servants and and so i just imagine nosferatu back in the kitchen like whipping up you know a meal for hutter and like <laughs> putting on an apron and getting you know stuff out of the oven and it's like <laughs> In one of the scenes, he's got a complete setup of, of the food, and it's got a bunt cake. And <laughs> yeah, so who cooked all he, that? <laughs> he's back there baking. And, you know, if you notice his hands, there's no way he could do any of that. Those those hands were frightening. And his nose, that prosthetic nose that he had? Oh. That was, that was cool. Maybe the, maybe there was somebody back there that he locked up when he, went, when he didn't need him to be cooking or <laughs> her to be cooking. I don't know. He does say that all the servants are asleep and that he'd been waiting for him to show up. But of course, I don't know how much we need to get into the story. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people know the story of Dracula, but uh, Hutter is charged to go to Transylvania to talk to Orlock about the fact that Orlock wants to buy this property in... Well, it was in London in the original book. I'm not sure where it is set in this movie, but... Uh, so... Hutter goes on this uh, long journey to Transylvania, and as he gets closer and closer to the castle, the townsfolk become more and more adamant that, you know, number one, you don't want to go there. Number two, we're not taking you there. And so I know. he gets a ride up to the pass, and uh, the carriageman says, no, nope, I'm not going any farther. You're going to have to walk. So he starts walking over this pass, and I, I think it was called the Borgo Pass or the Vorgo Pass. It's got a great name in the book. And then about halfway there, he gets picked up by this uh, other horseman 
who's also Orlok slash Nosferatu. And they did some cool stuff with the filming in that, where they made it look like the carriage was going faster than it was, like some stop-motion stuff. Yes. I also like the way they had decorated the carriage. It looked like a uh, hearse. And the horses were covered up with, like, these black blankets and yeah. stuff. That was cool. Well, I have to ask you this. If you were Cutter, would you get in that carriage? I certainly would not. Hell no, I wouldn't get in there. And he seems like such a happy-go-lucky guy at the beginning of the movie because he's, like, so in love with, with Ellen and he's picking flowers for her and... And then he's so excited to go on this trip because it's going to mean that he's going to make a lot of money and they can probably, you know, be set up for life. And and <laughs> he progressively gets more and more bedraggled and, like, uh, terrified looking and just, like, uh, at the edge of sanity by the end of the movie. And I, I do really like that transformation that he goes through. And they did a good job of that in this movie. They really, they really did. I had some highlights that I noted. Um... One is the character Knock. Yes. <laughs> he, he was... He's uh, like Renfield in the other movies. He was a little... Yes, he was a little unstrung. I like that. And then uh, there was a scene where uh, uh, Orlok says, well, I sleep during the day and, and then I go out at night. But there were some scenes in the movie where he was moving around and it looked like the daylight. But, but you notice that the tinting uh, was more of that bluish color, and I think that was yes. to denote that it was nighttime, even though it, was it, nighttime. it definitely looked like it was in the day. And then another favorite of mine is when he was on that ship. Oh, yeah. And all the mysterious deaths, and I couldn't believe all, when all the rats came out of the hole after uh, Orlok came out, and I'm and like, oh, my he's God. Got some, he's got some powers, almost like a, a ghost, where he can... Um, go through like walls or go through doors and, and kind of turn invisible and that's definitely in the book where he can it's almost like he can turn into vapor or it's it's like this transformation that they captured pretty well in this movie because uh, he was because near the end of that sh scene on the ship there's two people left the captain and like one other sailor and the sailor is like, I'm going to go down and I'm going to figure out what's in those boxes. And he starts hammering away and, and trying to open the boxes. And then he looks up and, and Orlok like appears sort of and then disappears. That was so creepy. Yes, that, that's creepy. And, and, and the special effects where Orlok rises from his coffin. Yes, that was so good too. Without, without moving, he just sort of comes out of nowhere. That was... That was really well done. I was thinking, oh my god! No, but I, I would. I want to go back a little bit because there. I, I think when we're doing silent films, we should pick our favorite title card. <laughs> okay. So, so my favorite title card was uh, uh, Hutter is is sitting at the table and kind of going through the papers about buying the house with Orlock, and he's got this like watch, uh, locket thing kind of sitting on the table, and it's got a picture of Ellen in it. And Orlok sees the picture of Ellen and, and, like, gets this really lustful look on his face. And he says, she has a very beautiful neck. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Wow. Well, I, I have a favorite, but I don't remember the title card. It, it uh, fast-forwards to where Orlok is walking around the town 
after after he guides the ship into the mooring. Yeah. And he's carrying his coffin. Yes. I mean, and and there's nobody around, and I'm like, it's the middle okay. of the night, and he's walking around with his coffin. And I can't remember the title card, but I'm thinking, you know, is, if I was out for a late evening walk and I saw that, I would be so out of there. I would turn around and run. And then he takes that little boat across the moat or whatever to the to the uh, building that he's going to be staying in. And it's like this boat is gliding silently and yes. perfectly still across this water. I wonder how many times they had to do that shot because any slight movement on uh, Max Shrek's part would he might fall into the water, it looked like. He was able to do whatever he needed to do as Orlok to get to his goal of getting to the lady with the beautiful neck. Yeah, and, and, and he has that... Uh, mesmeric power to get people to kind of fall under his control even from far away so the even when he was back in transylvania ellen kind of felt his power all the way where she was and then as he got closer and closer knock got crazier and crazier and boy did he ever i mean that guy he was running all over the village eating spiders and eating flies oh. and Climbing around, like, climbing on uh, buildings, hunchback and of Notre Dame. Yeah. yeah. Uh, another favorite scene of mine was when uh, Hutter goes down into the basement of the castle and sees that Orlock is sleeping in the coffin, and he looks inside the coffin, and, and there's Orlock with his two super sharp teeth pointing out. That was that was a great scene. I think one of my favorites is when Orlock is going up the stairs, and his shadow is projected against the wall. And all you see is his kind of sloped back, pointed head, and that hand. They look like a, it looks like a claw. Yeah. And he's on his way up to uh, to attack the young woman whose name I just forgot as the uh, character was Ellen. That? Ellen, I think. Ellen, yeah, Ellen yeah. Hutter, yeah, Ellen Hutter. So, um, did you see the promotional still from the film of Shrek standing outside the castle? He's welcoming Hutter, and he's he's standing there with a cane, I think, in his hand. And I would have been again turning around and running the other way, screaming, because <laughs> he just looks like evil incarnate. So then he, the the part that I didn't quite understand. Well, I understood it, but it, I just thought maybe they could have done a little bit better job with it. Was that uh, so? Orlock is obsessed with Ellen, and. According to that book that that Hutter had found, the only way to kill the vampire is to have the vampire fall under the, the spell of a beautiful woman who I think had to be a virgin at the same time. So I don't think Hutter and Ellen were married yet. I think that they were just young, a young couple. And the, the fact that, that Orlok would fall under her spell, he would forget that he needed to get back to his coffin before the sunrise and then he would he would die because of uh, being out in the daytime and i i just thought it would be cooler if they had a fight at the end you know because <laughs> doesn't he just sort of like uh he's like gonna go in and, and like bite ellen and then he realizes that oh crap the sun's coming up and then yeah and then he's like that's it <laughs> poof he's gone there may, there may not have been a way to have a fight, though, because with all the stuff he had on, those hands and all, 
they may not have been able to do the special effects for it. Yeah, and in the Shadow of the Vampire book, I mean movie, didn't they? Didn't he start to believe that he was a vampire and actually did try to attack her and tried to? And he ended up killing one of the crew members or something. Yes, yes. I have to watch that again, but it seems like at the end, he's he's on a rampage to get the whole crew. And, like he's, and do them he's in. actually believing that he's the vampire. He's the vampire. Yeah. Um, I was reading something also where uh, one of the people that reviewed the uh, film said that it it didn't scare us as much as it haunts us because of the way it's filmed and the shadows and the color. I guess I kind of go along with that. There have been 30 other films that have been made that kind of covered this subject. That's a lot of different there's got to be, I bet there's even more than 30. More? I would bet. I, I, this... I would agree with that. I didn't find it, I, I, it wasn't like a jump scare kind of movie where you're like, oh my God, you know, that just so, that freaked me out. It was more like, I can't believe that this is so fr- flipping creepy, you know? <laughs> it really is. I, the uh, Rotten Tomatoes, which I'm, I'm beginning to like their rating system, gives it a, gives it a 97% fresh rating. Wow, that's really for a high. film that's almost a hundred years old. Jeez, Boy, yeah, it almost you. is a hundred years old, isn't it? Wow. Well, on IMDb, I, it has an eight out of a ten, with uh, sixty-three thousand seven hundred ninety-eight users uh, rating it. That's pretty good. That's really good. I, I, now that we've talked about uh, uh, Klaus Kinski in that film, I just found it. Yeah, so I'm a little late to the party on that one. Well, I. Uh, it's it, it's like so many other Dracula films that, like you say, there's probably more than a hundred. I found nothing on the film with the American Film Institute. Really? So I, what I don't about know the if British I Film Institute. I didn't find it. I must not have been looking hard enough. I didn't see anything on either one of is, those. Is there a German? Institutes. Is there a German Film Institute? <laughs> <laughs> I bet there is. I'll bet it's on that. I'm sure it's on the other list. I just never. Never located it. Um, I, I give it a ten out of ten, without a doubt. If for no other reason that the way he plays that part could not have been done better, I don't think. Yeah, I kept I keep going back and forth between a nine and a ten. I I, I love him. I wish somehow I wish we could have seen more of him. I know. Uh, but I but parts of it I felt were kind of slow. Like I just wish that they would sort of get on with it a little bit, or I wish that they could have brought in like the um, character of uh, Van Helsing because he's such a great character. So I, I, I think I'm going to fall on a, a a nine for this just because I think it's a really landmark film. I, I, I think it's got some amazing scenes, but it, it just as a film for me, I, I wasn't quite at a 10 on this one. I think I, I think I got there because of his character. It's interesting that you say it seemed like it kind of at times was slow because the film itself is only about 90 minutes long. Yeah, it's pretty short it's compared not... to the last two we watched. But I can see what you mean there were some se- there were some shots of the ship sailing across the ocean that, you know, there that maybe could have been reduced in number. But still, I mean a 9 or a 10, it's it's a really good movie and it's one of those movies that you should just watch because so many other films after that borrowed from this movie, I think. Like different shots and different setups and scenes. 
I have to believe the number of uh, films that borrowed from this has to be well over the 30 that I read. <laughs> yeah. I wonder sometimes how many films have there been over the uh, life of, of the industry that have to do with Transylvania. I mean, my goodness, there must be over a hundred. Young, everything from this film to Young Frankenstein. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when he's getting on the plane to, or the train to Transylvania. Shall we talk a little bit about next week's exciting podcast? Oh, next week. I'm so excited for this one. It's The Thing from Another World, which is a film that was shot quite a bit in your hometown of Lewistown, Montana, right? Anything that was filmed in that movie that shows uh, the plane flying over the winter scenes or running around uh, the outbuildings out with the dog sled in the snow, those were filmed in my hometown. Yeah, I can remember it was a big deal. They were there, and uh, I, I think it was mainly a second unit. I don't think any of the actors from the film were in it. There were other people. And there were a couple people from the town that were in the film that played those people running around outside. Oh, cool. But but uh, it's one of my favorite films. I think it would be in my top ten. And it's based, uh, on, a, it's based on a short story that we talked about last week, Who Goes There?, and, and that short story was outstanding, and I was surprised, and I remember sending you a text about this, that the short story is much more like the John Carpenter movie, The Thing, than this version, The Thing from Another World. And I thought that it was going to be the reverse, to where John Carpenter kind of took it to another level of like gore and, and creepiness, but actually the short story was really almost shot for shot similar to The Thing. It was. I think the only difference, well, uh, there were probably others, but the big difference for me was the ending was a little different between yeah. the John Carpenter film and this and the short story. I remember the thing, it, was, it came out in 1951, so I would have been 10 years old. And if they had today's rating scale, I doubt that my mother and dad would have let me go. But I went with my friends. And I was so when they when that one scene happens where they open up the door and their thing is, I freaked out. The rest <laughs> of the movie, I the rest of the movie I watched with my hands over my eyes because <laughs> I didn't know what was coming next. So it had a certain lasting imprint on me some sixty oh, so, plus years later. So that's next week, and uh, I know we're going to have a lot of fun talking about that because it's one of my favorite movies as well. And then. The rest of the month is horror movies uh, for October. Do we uh, do we even know what other films we're going to watch? I think we talked about a couple. We've talked about uh, The Omen, uh, The Haunting, The Day the Earth Stood Still. We haven't really come up with a definitive list after the thing from another world. So we'll have to do we'll have to do some homework for because uh, oh, there's like hundreds of films. Well, we'll have that together by next week, and we'll let you know what other films we're going to watch. And uh, Dracula, both the, the, the Bela Lugosi version and then the Spanish version that was filmed at the same time, is coming back to theaters on October 25th. And I'm, I might actually go watch that uh, in Bellevue. Oh, wow, I didn't and, know that. Uh, is, it a, is it a double feature? It's a double feature, yeah, back to back. And I think I've heard that the Spanish version is actually superior to the, the other one, so... Uh, that may be one that we can at least talk about a little bit near the end of the month. I'm going to have to look that up. I, I'm sure that it'll be here at Arc, one of the Arclight cinemas. 
Well, uh, as always, it's fun to do these. Now, next week, you'll have to rein me in or we'll go on for an hour about the thing. <laughs> yeah, we'll try to we'll try to keep it to a half an hour. <laughs> I'll try to behave. All right, well, thanks for listening, everybody. This is Matt Johnson coming to you from Seattle. And Bob Johnson from Los Angeles wishing you a happy movie watching. morning good morning i love your beard the beard is back wow i'm gonna grow it out to the end of october it's gonna be quite bushy by then you know if you grow it long enough you can be on that duck that duck thing uh that tv show with those guys in louisiana or somewhere yeah what are the uh duck duck something something not duck tails that's a cartoon (laughs) boy you grow a you grow a hefty beard wow (laughs) <laughs> good for you if i grow mine if it comes out like two or three days it's really white i look really old older than <laughs> usual i think older people older men should not have beards it makes them look too old unless they want to play santa claus or something <laughs>